The Adult Ballet Studio is a podcast featuring conversations with the empowering voices of the adult ballet community, a world where passion has no limits and dreams can take flight. My name's Elizabeth Blossfield, and I'm an adult ballet dancer and your host. Welcome to the studio. Everybody and happy two two Tuesday! Welcome to episode two of the Adult Ballet Studio. I hope everybody had a great August. It's been a month, so if you need a refresher or want to re-listen, I spoke with Patricia Perka of Ballet Misfits for our very first episode last month. It's up on Spotify if you want to go back to it and give it a listen. This month, I have two guests in the studio. Joining me are Jana Carson and Abby Hudgens of Ballerinas by Night on Instagram and YouTube. They also have a blog at ballerinasbynight.blogspot.com. Ballerinas by Night is an education and support community for adult ballet dancers started by Jana and Abby in 2013. Its mission is to raise awareness about adults who are just beginning or continuing their dance education. They told me they're hoping to fill educational gaps that sometimes exist among the adult ballet community by providing informational videos and online classes to supplement regular training. They're also hoping to just talk more about dancing in adulthood without pursuing it as a profession, which we all agree isn't something that's talked about or encouraged quite enough. Jana is an Oklahoma-based photographer as well as a dancer. She focuses primarily on ballet photography, and she's currently the photographer for the Oklahoma City Ballet. Abby is a momager, as she told me, which I love. She's also a dance instructor and former pro dancer who's now supporting her son in his ballet journey. He studied the Cuban method of ballet and recently was accepted into trainee program at the Orlando Ballet, which means Abby at the time of the interview was in the process of moving her whole family from San Antonio, Texas to Orlando, Florida. Both Jana and Abby have been dancing since they were kids. They both took a break before reconnecting with ballet in adulthood. We talk about what that was like, how they decided it was time for a break, and ultimately what led them back to ballet. We also talked about their friendship and the importance of having a ballet buddy. Of course, sometimes that's in human form, like with Jana and Abby's friendship, and sometimes a ballet buddy appears in cat form. And we get to meet Jana's cats on this episode too. As a cat lover myself, my heart is overflowing. (laughs) There were a few tears as we reflected on how important friendships and communities are in the dance world. And we talked about some of the barriers to entry, like body image and financial challenges, competition, physical demands, and how ballet dancers can work through these things. But I'll stop talking now and just let you listen to the interview. It was a really good one. located um so i'm in oklahoma i i live in norman which is just like south that's my cat rubbing her face on my laptop um (laughs) so i live in norman which is like a college town just um just south of okc um and then abby is in san antonio but she just told me like yesterday i think that they're now in the process of moving to Orlando. We actually have our first showing tomorrow morning at 10. So we've oh, just, wow. we've been like signing paperwork all day long and uh, dealing with the house. So it's, um, yeah, I'm kind of like sitting in this empty. I mean, it's not like totally empty. It actually has a lot of stuff in it from staging, but we have to keep it away from the cats. So <laughs> yeah, my house is uh, 
very empty. <laughs> oh man, I know what that's like. I just bought a house, my husband and I, a couple of years ago, and it was a crazy process. Very exciting, yeah. but also stressful. <laughs> that's great. And I also have to say, I love that you both have cats. I also have a cat. She might make an appearance. So oh, oh, we, yeah. have a lot of cats. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so happy to meet you both. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. I know your schedules are crazy. So um, I follow your videos on YouTube and Instagram. And they were so helpful to me during the pandemic, especially when everybody was at home and taking online classes. So, um, but I love the name of your platform, Ballerinas by Night. Um, and I want to talk about that. But I was curious, you know, just to start off, you know, by day, um, we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but could you tell me a little bit about yourselves and, you know, what both of you do? Sure. Um, what do I do? <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> so, um, what do I, what do I not do? Um, so I'm a professional photographer, um, specifically in like the ballet dance space. Um, and I also work now officially for Oklahoma city ballet. Um, I do all of the digital content. So I'm there like, um, official photographer for the company and for the school. And I run all their social media and help with various marketing things. So I'm just like really immersed in the ballet world, like as an actual job now. So it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I've been a, a professional photographer for over a decade. Um, have shot. I still remember like when all that was like starting. Uh huh. Yeah. Abby was around for the very beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing that you were able to combine two passions, you know, ballet and photography and do something that you love with both of them. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And Abby, what about you? Well, um, mainly I am a mom. That's kind of my primary job. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my son is, he's about to be 15. He's about to be a trainee with Orlando ballet. And we moved to San Antonio five years ago for him to train up here. And I moved from Corpus so that he would have uh, a Cuban and a male to train him. And I've homeschooled him from the very beginning. And uh, I mean, I've always done a little bit of teaching on the side. Like usually every time I'm like, I don't want to teach right now. Then the next thing I know, people are like coming to me and they're like, no, just do this. Like one thing and next I'm teaching. Um, <laughs> but that's still like very much on the side, mostly uh, like being the, when you say people talk about being a momager, like that's kind of uh, <laughs> been, it's been pretty full time the whole way through because he's been blowing going since he was little bitty. He started competing when he was around eight. Um, and then ever since then, it's just gotten more and more and more. And it's always required me to um, like be very available. I mean, of course, for homeschooling, you have to be very available because we've actually like, you know, done all the homeschooling like we've designed our own curriculum the whole way through oh and uh all of that so it's been a very <laughs> involved process to make sure that and he's also been a trained pianist so every day for him you know it's like homeschool piano dance like he's just been immersed in it and my husband's a, a university professor so his job is flexible but it's also the type that like the more available I can be to for both of them because he'll have things come up 
sometimes he'll have like weeks at a time when he's really immersed in research or um, has a lot of service he needs to do or things for the university. So it can, it can really, really, really change up semester to semester and different things. So it's been a lot uh, better the more I can be available to both of them. But it's also allowed me to do a lot of dancing that I wouldn't otherwise be able to do, especially the older my son's gotten and the more independent he's gotten. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, it's so cool that you were able to pass on your love of ballet to your son. And, you know, I've been reading about your relationship with him and it's yeah. so cool. So I'm excited to talk about that too. It sounds like both of you, Jana and Abby, you're both overachievers. You both do so much. So I'm excited to <laughs> dig into it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I love, um, so as, as I mentioned, I love the content on Ballerinas by Night. Um, I was reading that it's, you know, on your website, it's a passion project that you both sort of started in 2013, if that's right. Can you just talk about um, a little bit about why you started it? how it sort of came together and what it's about? Well, it started, you know, I had, I opened a studio in Oklahoma and Jana was there. We had this really great group of adults and really, I mean, like ballerines by night came about because of Jana, because when I closed the studio, um, she was just like, I'm not ready. She's, she was like, we just need more ballet. <laughs> she would come over to my house um, my son was this little bitty toddler. And so I had set up our third bedroom as a little dance room, you know, back before like dancing at home was a thing. I was just like, I'm stuck here and I can't go take class anywhere. So I'm just going to make it where I can do some class while he's napping. And it got to be a thing where Jana was coming over, you know, like, I don't know, three, four times a week for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think so she was getting into photography and videography along with that. So, um, and she was the one, she knew everything about like, I was, Oh my gosh, I don't think I knew any, I don't even think I know what YouTube was at that time. It was so new. Like Jana followed YouTube and Pinterest and all these ways of like getting everything up and going. So she's always kind of been the mastermind behind everything. Um, and was the one that really did kind of put the channel together and did all the editing for the videos and a lot of that stuff and I just got in front of the camera and did stuff <laughs> our early videos are so awkward our early video I can't I can't watch them I can't watch them but like I'm so glad that they're there because I love those memories with you yeah. but there was like nothing about ballet on YouTube at the oh. time like it was not nobody was talking about it and in general people don't talk about adults doing ballet so I was like we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna like make a space for people and provide information because that, that was like the greatest two years of my life was when Abby had her studio in Norman and I learned so much from her and it was just on the basis that like there weren't any um, boundaries just because of me being slightly older than the you know, high school and middle school students, like we just all took class together and she, she trained me the same way that she trained them. And I was like, Oh, this is like really silly that like, we kind of like waste, you know, our classwork on adults because we don't think they're capable of doing much. And, and really we are. So I just was like, I wanted to like spread that message basically that like, you can still do it. Like, <laughs> you know, so. and I think my husband, you know, I met him through ballroom and then after that he wanted to get into ballet and he would come and take class with me and I saw from him some of just the the gaps that there were like when he would go into class and 
things that he would have to like clarify with me at home. Like what was the name of that step? Or, you know, he would think he understood what something was and then we'd have to go over it. So I was like, Oh, you know, like a lot of times when you have these people, like you can't train adults the same way you train a child because you're not going to with children, you go very step by step and you don't really need to do that the same way with adults because adults are faster mentally and they want to be, challenged and stimulated in on that level and they also that was the other thing for my husband he would get really frustrated if a class was too um I'll say like slow but non-athletic you know he would want to go in and feel like he got a workout because he's a workout guy and so if he felt like he just wasted an hour not getting a workout he would you know be like why did I just go do that so I kind of liked the idea of um making things like just fast enough, breaking things down. And I wanted online to have a lot of information to fill in the gaps that sometimes people would have. They went into class and everything like it's going step by step, but you don't always connect A to B the same way. If that makes sense, miss a few things because it's moving fast because you're capable of learning faster, but there just wasn't at that time, anything up help people there's no vocabulary or here's what this step is or here's how to you know break it down or anything like that yeah I think you're right I think you know things are slowly changing which I'm grateful for but yeah it is really hard to find classes for adults in ballet that are actually challenging you know even if you're a beginner you know you want to be challenged and be pushed forward and improve and it's tough to find that so you know I'm glad you guys are both spreading this message and that you started you know back when there was nothing on YouTube and by the way I have to say I love the fact that Ballerinas by Night started with you know Abby closing her studio and getting away from teaching a little bit and then Jana being like no you can't it sounds like by the way you're gonna teach (laughs) everyone on the internet too (laughs) I'm bringing my camera (laughs) basically what happened I was like I'm gonna set this up Abby and you just share your knowledge please yeah that's kind of how it was you probably have a choice we're just like doing this and I was like okay yeah (laughs) all right No, that's great. Um, Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about how you both um, sort of rediscovered ballet as adults. But I I just wanted to start off, you know, asking um, how you originally found ballet or, you know, what was your first introduction to it? Because you both started originally as children. Is that right? Yeah, I, um, I took like competition dance when I was growing up. Well, I always like, like, I was obsessed with ballet from age three. There's like photos and videos of me in tutus at my grandma's house dancing to the nutcracker suite on her record player and I just was so obsessed with the musicality like I just thought that was like amazing that you could take slow music and you could move slow and you could like show how that how that feels and um and I was obsessed with point shoes of course um but then I just like I don't know it was like my my parents were not dancers like there was just no like dance radar anywhere and so I didn't take like my first real ballet class till I was eight or nine, I think. Um, and I auditioned for a, a local production of the secret garden. Um, and I was cast as a beetle. So I, I danced around like, like with my elbows. Up. Love like, that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just, it stuck from there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I was kind of the same way, actually. I remember, I think I was only like four or five and I asked my parents if I could take a ballet class. I have no idea where I even heard about ballet. My mom played the piano. So maybe, you know, hearing her play the music and stuff, but yeah, yeah, it was very much the same for me. What about you, Abby? How did you get into it? Um, Well, 
I was a little bit, uh, kind of from the opposite end. My mom was a dancer, um, danced in college and got injured and I had to quit for years and years and years. And she kind of wanted me to dance. And super early on, I really like, wasn't that into it. But then in first grade, my teacher came and did a lecture demonstration at my school. And I still remember, I mean, like I can still see that I can see her dancing. And, um, and she had been trained at SAB. I mean, from this small town in Alabama got like basically hand picked um, at a summer intensive to go train up in New York at SAB. I mean, in the era of Balanchine and she's still to this day, she still dances and she is gorgeous and she's amazing. And like was still performing on point a few years ago. And um, so my mom got back into it and she asked me, do you want to do soccer? You want to do ballet? Because they were kind of on the same day. And I was like, I want to do ballet at that time. But I was still like only kind of sort of about it for a few years. And then the bug bit me a little bit later. And so I was kind of like my own worst enemy, like because I hadn't really taken it seriously. I was like, uh, you know, like I would stick my butt out in my plies and you know, like do whatever. And then I remember the first time a teacher gave me the correction of like holding my alignment. I was like, Oh my gosh, this looks so much better. <laughs> so then I, would, I it was like this quest for the rest of my life. Like now I have to fix everything that uh, needed fixing from the time that I didn't take it seriously. But uh, I think that's why I really am into adults because my mom danced. We had an insurance agent who danced. We had a surgeon who danced. Um, we had a nun who danced. And then my ballet teacher kept dancing. So it was always very normal for me. And I grew up in that environment. And then I was surprised as an adult. I, it just didn't occur to me that that wasn't normal and that that wasn't everywhere. And when I moved away and found out that you know, it was very, very hard for adults to find that type of experience. Then it was just kind of like, how can we, how can we work to get what I grew up with everywhere? I think that's honestly like, so why I think, you know, I should go take class every day because my mom always did. And she was, you know, teaching school full time, but it's like, she would, you know, teach and then go take class at night. And, um, yeah, so I just have always wanted to bring, you know, more of that experience to other people. That's so inspiring to grow up in that kind of environment where yeah, you're really like so many. Yeah, that's really a gift. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and I was reading a little bit about both of your stories. Um, Jana, I know that you mentioned um, on the website that you returned to ballet in 2005 after sort of feeling a little bit defeated in your teens with, you know, point work. And I can understand that I, you know, was the same way. Point work is so tough. Um, but can you talk about some of those challenges that you encountered and why you knew it was time to sort of take a break? Yeah, you know, it's an, it's been interesting reflecting on it. And every few years, you know, as you get older and you've acquire more knowledge and perspective and you reflect on it again and you're able to realize like certain things. But I think, um, a lot of it was just like huge insecurities about myself, um, going through puberty, like and body changes and everything. And I feel like 
I don't know that the studio environment that I was in was the most like supportive of that. Um, you know, and I never had like the super skinny ballerina type body, you know, like the stereotypical one. Um, and I didn't, I don't feel like that was really ever Im- embraced. Um, like I never got cast in any of the quote unquote pretty roles. Like I never wore a tutu any performances. I was always in like a character role or something, which was like fine. There's like much to learn about that. And I enjoyed those, but I always was like, I wonder if I'm ever going to get to wear a tutu on stage. So I think I just, it was like a mixture of like all of that happening. And then, you know, high school, like early high school times and you're making friends and wanting a social life and ballet, you know, it's kind of, you got to make a choice. Like, are you going to go take class every night and get better? Or are you going to just like not? <laughs> and I think at the time I was just so like, but just like the joy of it just like got sucked out of me. And so I just like, I stepped away. I actually went and took, I think it was like a year or two. And I went back to doing like jazz, um, jazz dance and like competitive dance, um, which has its own problems. That was all like just nothing but like mean girls, you know, it was not like (laughs) a fun environment either. So I just eventually just was like, you know what, this is, I'm just going to, pause on this um and it wasn't until I was in college and I had joined a sorority and we were doing like one of those like musical theater production things with like a fraternity partner and like and I it was so weird to me that like nobody there knew me as a dancer like because I wasn't I didn't do any of that going into college and so I was it like it like it pinged me in my heart that I was like oh my gosh like I still consider myself like a dancer from the inside but like no one here knows that about me. And I'm so anyway, I was talking to my, my boyfriend, my husband at the time, or husband now boyfriend at the time. Um, and he had, he had met my old ballet teacher. She banked at the bank he was working at at the time. And, and she was like, Oh, I'm doing summer classes. Like she should come take summer classes. And I was like terrified at the thought of doing that again. Cause I just didn't know what to expect, but I think just like, the fear of, of not ever feeling it again was greater than the fear of going. So yeah. Yeah. I showed up that summer and um, yeah. And I just, it's been 18 years now. <laughs> I haven't stopped. So amazing. yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's so real. I mean, especially when you're going through puberty and, you know, when you're young like that, um, you know, body insecurity in ballet, you know, you're surrounded by mirrors, you're wearing tight fitting clothing. And I think there's so much strength in kind of recognizing maybe I need to take a break and like focus on my mental health and come back to it when I'm in a better place. And then there's also strength in, you know, stepping back into the studio that can be scary as well. And, um, yeah, I just, I find your whole story really inspiring. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, yeah. um, you know, Abby, I know that you also, you took a break. You you actually joined a professional ballet company for a season um, in co- before college and then um, stepped back to focus on your studies in college. So can you talk about what that was like? You know, what, what did you learn from <laughs> professional life? And um, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, kind of a whole story in itself because I really... I, I had no desire to go to college. Uh, my parents, you know, I was in this company and I was honestly, I wasn't really succeeding in the company. You know, I was 17 years old. There were a lot of 
things at play and a lot of things going on. But my parents came to me and said, we will 100% financially support you going to college. We will 0% financially support you dancing. And I've kind of spent the last, however long it's been, 20, 23 years or so, no, 25 years, you know, kind of going back over that and like, you know, maybe I should have fought harder to keep dancing because that was what I really wanted. But I was also, you know, I was so young and, um, and, you know, the company environment is really tough. It's, it's a whole different thing. And you want to talk about like, in some ways, killing your joy of dance. And it was so easy to get caught up. You know, like you have this idea that like, well, if I'm in a company, if I'm dancing pro, I'm just gonna be so glad to be dancing. And it's like, no, you're not. I mean, at least I wasn't, um, you know, then you're in there and it's like, no, you know, now like I want the higher level roles and I want, you know, this and that, and it's not just good enough to be, you know, in a core. And so I really like, and it's funny because I, I'm, you know, kind of coaching my son on all of this stuff now, telling him the mistakes I made, um, you know, and how in a way, like I didn't take the company environment seriously enough. And I don't know if that's part of the reason why my parents pushed me. I know they did, you know, feel like I was capable of college. They're like, you know, anything can happen with dance. And to be perfectly honest, it's like, it's not like they were wrong. They weren't, you know, when you're a a girl and there is all the level of competition there is, and you're never going to be paid that much. And you're, you know, I mean, it's just like the trying to go pro in ballet, there are a million reasons not to, honestly, which is one reason why with my students, like my young students, my teenagers, I, I'm not like with them most of the time, I don't necessarily feel that going pro can or should be the goal. I think it's a lot more about learning to love ballet and learning to love this art form and realizing it's something you can do your entire life because I love being able to go see ballets. I'm glad there are people in the world that want to dance in a pro company and I think for some people it really works, but for a lot of people it doesn't. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like there's something wrong with the idea that like I love ballet, but I don't want to be a pro dancer because there's absolutely not. They're two very, very, very different things. And I think a lot of times we're going to love ballet a lot more if we're not in that environment. And I think there's a lot of people that come to that place. Um but it's, but I'm definitely one of those people that as I approach 40, you know, I have just that back and forth constantly of like, what if I had continued in the company and had taken a different path? Like my path worked out. My path was perfect. I met my husband. I've had this great, amazing life. And I love what I've been able to do with dance because I left the pro world and took the path I took. Um, but you know, there's also that thing of like kind of unfinished business for me. And I think that's also like part of why I don't quit and why I keep wanting to like dance variations on point, because I'm like, I don't really feel like I got all the time I wanted to have. And, uh, so I'm still always a little bit going and chasing it. And I also didn't want to like pass on to my child. You know, this isn't something where, uh, I'm trying to live vicariously through him. Like I want to make sure I still have my own path with dance. And I've really tried to step back from him with his path 
because it's very, very different than mine. And for one thing, he's 10 times more talented than I ever was. So uh, <laughs> a little bit different story. Plus he's a male and, um, you know, that's also just a, it is a different thing. And so it's great to share with him, but it's also something that I've tried to keep our, even our ballet lives a little bit separate so that he has his own and I have my own. And that's its own kind of little <laughs> thing to navigate, but. Well, I mean, I can say, you know, from seeing your videos, I'm sure he's amazingly talented, but you also are talented and you know, so are you, Dana. Yeah. Um, but I think that's <laughs> such an important perspective to share because I think, you know, at least for me, you know, I see on social media all the time, all these professional dancers and I'm like, I would love to be doing that. But I think you don't take into consideration behind the, you know, glamour of it, you know, some of the, you know, rigorous you know, just physical expectations and also the competition and everything that goes on in a dance company. But what I love about that story is, well, for both of you, you both found, you know, other paths to achieving your dreams and keeping ballet a big part of your life. And I think, you know, that's what I love about the adult ballet community is just there are so many different paths. It doesn't have to be linear. You don't have to, you know, go pro. You can still make ballet more than, you know, just a hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's great. Um, and you both touched on, you know, in those stories, um, important things, you know, some of the financial barriers, you know, the um, the lack of body positivity sometimes in ballet and, you know, other challenges. What advice, you know, looking back over, you know, your journey with ballet, what advice would you give to other dancers who are struggling with some of those barriers to entry um, to ballet? Have you got anything? Well, I can tell you, um, I was talking to one a dear friend of mine yesterday and she was saying she nearly quit dancing in high school because she didn't she was not a classical she's not a classical ballet body type and she doesn't really love you know the box of class I mean, she loves classical ballet but not that that wasn't what she wanted to go do and what I was telling her that I've always admired about her is that she's always been um you know, unafraid, she's been very brave to dance her own way and dance the way she wanted to, which is a little bit outside of the typical cookie cutter box. And she has just forged this path for herself um, where she's gotten into all kinds of, she now does experimental works and she's going to be traveling the world doing that. Um, she's dancing with companies, but companies that do a combination of like some point work, some more classic things contemporary things and I do feel like the dance world today has broadened and I think everyone the most important thing to remember is uh, one a no is never a no to you in terms of uh, if a if a company or a certain setting says you know they don't want you there it's very important to go, that doesn't mean I'm not good enough. That just means they don't think I work there. And there's another dancer that I was talking to not too long ago that was just going, well, this program does want me and this program doesn't think I'm good enough. And it's like, it's, it's not about that. And it's so easy as dancers to put everything in terms of like, am I good enough for this, 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 this? And that's really not the best way to think about it. We kind of have to go where we're led and where we're led is usually going to take us where we will fit. And 
And sometimes you have to kind of forge that yourself a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. if you feel like there's not a place for you if or um, something that has what you want, you know, how can you help build it? And especially in the adult dance world, I think the more we can make these connections with each other and find the community, then, you know, we can kind of get together and go, no, either find an established program like Jana had at Oklahoma City Ballet for a while. Um, Hopefully they'll rebuild that with some of the performing opportunities. You know, don't be afraid to go tell people, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And if it's classical ballet, say, you know, I want classical ballet. Let me go see where I can find it. Um, You know, we've got Julie in Miami now that has her um, performance opportunity, her festival every year where you can do you know, classical ballet, you can do contemporary pieces. Uh, there's more, there really is more and more and more. So, um, you know, kind of decide what you want, decide what it is you, you know, how you want it, figure out what your terms are, and then just see how you can go do it. We do have to realize that a lot of times it's going to mean opening the checkbook (laughs) because it doesn't always come cheap. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's 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 really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think not being afraid to just, yeah, make your own path. Like, and it doesn't even have to be dance necessarily. Like I wish when I was growing up that somebody had told me like, you could still study dance and not have to be a professional dancer. Cause I, right. I realized like fairly early on that I was like physical activity for eight hours a day, five days a week. It's just not for me. It's just not, I'm not going to, I'm doing a, an adult in terms of right now. Like I literally got home from doing that and I am so tired. Like, it's just not, I don't think my body was built <laughs> for that, but like, you know, it, I enjoy it every, every now and again to do it intensely like that. But yeah, I think, um, realizing that there are other ways to make ballet a part of your life that don't involve, being a dancer at all times um and I feel like I've done that through photography and I basically like created the position that I have at the at the organization now and um not that that's like easy to do it took me like a decade but like (laughs) um but you know like we just I think it's just like follow your gut like listen to what it is that you feel strongly about and figure out how you can immerse yourself um you know with like the internet I feel like it's a lot easier to to find people that are similar to you like when we first started YouTube I remember we were like I remember when we got like 60 subscribers and we were like oh my god like there's people you know like and now it's like this huge thing it feels like which is like incredible and so yeah I think just don't don't be afraid to follow follow your gut and do what feels right and just stick with it you know that's like part of it too just got to keep going yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no it really is and to realize I mean I think we've always kind of preached that message you know like you might be gone for three months six months a year but try try to keep something in try to keep you know that little toe in somewhere and always certainly remember that it's something that you can always go back to and that taking a break doesn't have to mean that it's forever, you know, always be very gracious with yourself to, you know, kind of go, you know, I'll do what I can when I can. And then when I can't anymore, then, you know, take a break, go back. Life happens. Lots of things in life happen and it doesn't have to 
be forever one way or the other. I think that's so much important advice that you guys shared. And it's, it's stuff that you don't hear often enough in ballet. You know, a no doesn't necessarily mean never. It means it might not be the right time. It might not be the right thing. But also what you both said about, you know, taking control of what you want in your own sort of destiny in that way, like you both did and finding, you know, other paths to making ballet a big part of your life. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's so important. And you both also mentioned this great community of dancers. I know, um, you know, I met one of my best friends through ballet when we were both like four years old in a ballet class and we've been friends all our lives and you guys, um, you know, are great friends that you met through ballet. Um, you know, can you talk about what your friendship has meant to both of your ballet journeys and how that all sort of came together? Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, that made me emotional. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. <laughs> well, you know, like, I'm going to see Jana in person for the first time in a long time, just the other day. And, um, you know, there, and there's, I think there's a little bit of uh, sadness for both of us because, we, I think we both had a lot more fun when we could go do things together all the time. And, um, you know, sometimes like having, you know, a ballet friend to like go to class with is, is really helpful. It helps you stay motivated and, um, just makes it more fun. And, you know, definitely like even, even with the channel, when we lived in the same town and we were doing everything in person, it was like, way more fun than when I moved away and we were trying to coordinate across <laughs> hundreds of yeah. miles. Um, you know, obviously like we've stayed really, really close and we've stayed really good friends, but it's not having each other there for the in-person support um, can definitely make just the, the motivation to go to class. It changes it. And yeah. um so, you know, it's one thing I yeah. think we probably say is that if you can get a ballet friend, ballet buddy, you know, someone you're yeah. close to, if you need to carpool, um, that can be helpful. Yeah. Some of the classes are a little bit far. Um, That's definitely like, I. this is something I realized um, in the past couple of years that like, I've been so fortunate to always have a ballet buddy. Like, since I came back to ballet, like I've had... Abby and then when Abby moved she sent me Kristen <laughs> who lived there and so like I got like this instant swap and then um <laughs> Abby's friend Sarah that she knew from oh you, I don't remember how you knew Sarah but she was teaching classes so we were yeah. carpooling and there was just there was just all, there was just always somebody that was like you know kind of you can do more as a unit than you can on your own you know and um so yeah, when Kristen moved in 2020 and of course everything went to crap in 2020, but like, it's been weird, like being completely alone and not having, I don't know. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of changes and a lot of things. So I, I, I didn't ever take for granted all of the, all of the ballet buddy times, but it definitely like, it, it's a new like perspective on how difficult it can be if you if you don't have like an actual physical like person or a community to help keep you going and help programs happen at your school or wherever you're dancing. Cause like, you know, one person, they're going to be like, cool, you want a point class, but like, where are the people? Like we can't afford to do that. And so like, it's when you have more people um, like physically there, it's easier to kind of make more progress. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot of things, but yeah, Abby, Abby, like changed my life. I'm sorry, my cat. 
or knocking things over. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, it's chaos, pure chaos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Abby's friendship means like everything to me. Yeah. She's amazing. I love that. I love the idea of a ballet buddy. Um, that's so special. And your friendship, I mean, you can tell even through the distance how important it is. You know, you can feel it in the videos. You can feel it now. Um, and, you know, I relate to what you said, too, because I moved away. You know, after college, I moved away from all of my friends. And that transition was really hard. A lot of my friends I had met through dance. And you're right. Having that community is so important. But one thing that I loved about the COVID, well, I didn't love anything about the COVID pandemic. But <laughs> about what came out of it um, within the ballet community is just how much everybody came together. You know, um, it was so hard having studios closed, but you guys had all of your resources and classes online. You know, I took Instagram live classes with, um, you know, different dancers from various companies and it just felt so special. And you guys have done such a great job creating that connection, even, you know, across the distance with, you know, each other, but also with the broader ballet community. So I think that's really inspiring. Um, I'm glad it's been hard. It's been hard to do it from a distance. So I'm glad that it's, I'm glad it's still resonating and still doing what we want it to do. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And I was curious, cause I know that you both have at home studios um, and a lot of people have had to sort of adapt, you know, since the pandemic. Um, so do you have any tips or, you know, advice for creating a home studio? You know, what are the essentials that you need? Um, you know, how should they go about it and do it, you know, affordably as well? Cause it can, as you said, add up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, um, I had a space in my house here with just some leftover Marley that Abby gave me when she moved from Oklahoma. And so I had that until like last year, no, two years ago. Um, and when I got to build this studio space, um, in this old like art studio building on my father-in-law's property, um, it was insane. It's just, it's been sitting with just like unused for like, I think I'd only been in there like once in the entire time that I've known my husband like ever like that building just like never got used and I was like any like empty space I'm like this could be a dance studio like literally everywhere I go so um yeah he let me turn it into a space and so I was like obsessively researching sprung floors and I was like but uh, talk about stuff that's like not out there on the internet for information I was just like I don't understand the sprung floor like the the deep dive Googling that I did to try to figure that out was kind of insane. But um, I ended up doing um, basically what the, there's a company called Omera or Omara Sprung Floors out of Illinois or, or Iowa or something. But they had sent both of us like a portable sprung floor that they had created during the pandemic. And it was a piece of like birch, I think. Um, <laughs> and then they put foam blocks like spaced out under the wood and it became this like portable sprung floor. And so you could like set it on your floor and it just felt so much better than dancing directly on my floor. So basically I just did, did that in like a larger capacity. Um, and you can, you can buy like pieces that like literally click together that have foam stuff on them, but it gets really expensive. Um, so I just went to Home Depot and got four by eight sheets of plywood, like OSB plywood. And, um, I had a friend that has like an engineer brain. This is not, not my forte, but like figured out like the spacing cause you have to do two layers of it. Um, 
figure out the spacing to do it so that you weren't having like your seams of the boards crossing and like it's it's a whole thing but it's kind of it's kind of fun once you like get into it but um I found that to be like fairly affordable to do it that way and then I ordered Marley from uh stage step they had some like on sale like pre-cut like 20 foot sheets and so I ordered those and you know it's still expensive so I had to save up to do that but um I don't know it was sort of like just like a childhood dream of mine to have a dance space like that like I grew up putting on dance recitals in my garage you know like we were always wanting to do something so I just I don't know it feels it feels satisfying <laughs> to do it yeah it was my dream your yeah. <laughs> no it does yeah it was my dream as well when I was growing up and I used to do those garage recitals with the you know garage doors the curtain going up and down yep yep yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but that's yeah. awesome. I love all the work you put into doing a sprung floor. I never even thought of trying to do something like that in our house, but that's a great idea. Um, so yeah. awesome. you can do it smaller scale too, you know, like you can get, you know, one four by eight sheet and, or a couple of them and layer them and put the foam blocks and the foam blocks I got from, I think they came from stage step as well. I feel like did I share this information somewhere? I feel like surely I have. Yeah, I think like you, I was so I, I was so deep in that. it for so long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things that you know, like just for you know different people. Um, just remember that you know, like you can always kind of with any of that stuff. You know, you can go high end or low end. You know, do the research, look around, and just do something like, I think our message is to people just always like get started, go, you know, go do it. You know, if all you have is like your floor in your house and a chair to do some bar, you know, start with that and then just keep building. Because I think one thing that happens to people sometimes is that they, they see people doing really, um, I would say like grand things and they think like, well, I can't do that. So maybe I shouldn't do it because I think that's kind of like what happens to people a lot with just like ballet in general. It's like, you know, if I'm, if I don't just look like a principal dancer, then I shouldn't like go into class if I, you know, just all those types of things. And so, you know, all of it can always be, you know, you can like have this level, this level, this level, you know, do what you want, you know, like do what you can do what feels right do what feels good but um just do it <laughs> just like do it. just, just <laughs> yeah. do it and <laughs> get started and yeah, that's so important. I, you know, I talk to people all the time who know that I do ballet and want to get into it. And they're like, I just don't have the space for it in my house. And I'm like, during COVID, I was literally just at my kitchen table with my arm on the counter. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You can really, you can make so many things work. And yeah, I right. think you're right. It's important to focus on your personal goals and not get caught up in, you know, comparing yourself to other dancers and what they're doing. So that's, yeah, that's nice. huge. Yeah. We have a section on the podcast that I'm calling the Petit Allegro section. It's just, it's sort of supposed to be just like a fun section where I ask you a bunch of quick questions um, about ballet. I feel like we just need some info about some of these cats that keep making appearances. So 
this is Oscar. He's a big boy. Oscar. Hi, Oscar. He's really hungry, so he keeps pawing at my back. And then Markle is, Markle is the, the gray one that keeps showing up. And now she's she's over there giving me a sassy face because she's like, she's like paying to feed me. Or I'm going to knock something over. Yeah, which she already did. So, you know, <laughs> uh, those are my kitties. And then there's a whole group of, of neighborhood kitties that come to the front porch. And they I'm a total sucker. So I feed all of them. And it's my neighbors must think I'm absolutely crazy. <laughs> like I'm just, I love all of them. So, <laughs> you know, cats are the best. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, just a couple more quick questions, but there's a section on the Ballerinas by Night website um, called Jana's Dancewear Faves. So I was curious um, for both of you, what dancewear item you're loving right now, or, you know, what's your favorite at the moment? I'd say my bullet point skirts are my favorite. Yeah. Um, leg warmers. I love, I love a good leg warmer. Ruby Aware or um, there's a girl at, at the dances in the company at Oklahoma City Valley that has um, her, oh, she like, she knits them. And so she, she made me a pair recently that are pink and they're really, they're really great. Oh, that's Over amazing. <laughs> I'm always so impressed by people who can knit. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that's great. Um, what's the go-to item in your ballet bag that you have to have at every class? My mini foam roller. Yeah, probably that like foot, football roller thing you know what I'm talking about how like little spike things on it yeah that thing <laughs> yeah those are both great um and then do you prefer jumps or turns oh <laughs> Abby just made a face <laughs> made me so funny. like today in class like we were talking about like it's like asking if you were like a turner and or like if you liked turns like you raise your hands like turns and I was like not raising my hand and I was like I guess I don't like turns and then I was like sometimes I wonder I'm like what is it that I that I can't actually do I'm like I don't always enjoy jumps I don't always enjoy turning I'm like I just like port-a-bra like, yes <laughs> love a good port-a-bra <laughs> my last question um for the petite allegro section is just in a perfect world what would ballet look like or what would you hope it looks like I feel like just like like opportunity is like the word that comes to mind like opportunity for all. Um, I, I don't know. I hope there's more um, space for non-professional dancers to have the opportunity to perform and, and, and learn. Um, I don't know. I hope that, I hope there's like more interest in ballet in general, like in the public. I hope that we can continue to, to keep it alive you know like there's a there's a sometimes a feeling of like can we keep it going like traditional classical ballet um so I don't know I just well and I've been saying um you know for a while that you know center stage came out in whatever it was like 2003 and it was this whole thing of like bringing ballet to the people and doing these pieces that were kind of like cool and I'm like I feel like that just didn't happen, you know, like after that movie, you thought it was, and I mean, not that we need to have like motorcycles on stage, obviously that's not um, <laughs> really attainable, <laughs> but still just the idea of like, you know, the way they use the music and did that choreography in that movie was, you know, cheesy, but iconic at the same way. And I would just, I would still love to see more of that um, where it's just like, you know, let's, do things that are just like fun. Like I, I think I would like to see a lot more fun in dance in general. 
Yeah, I think those are both great points. You know, there needs to be more opportunity in ballet. And also, you know, ballet can be so structured and perfectionist. It's nice to just kind of let And I love that about it too. Yeah. I don't want to lose that. I think we should just add. Yes. Yeah, there needs to be a balance for sure. Those are great points. Well, I think you both are doing such great work to bring more opportunities and inclusion into ballet. So I really appreciate everything that you're doing. And um, can you just give your social media handles where people can find you and connect with you? Yeah, so for Ballerines by Night, we're at Ballerines by Night on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, I have, I'm at Jana Carson everywhere um, <laughs> for my personal stuff and photography stuff yeah and my I have a little bitty tiny personal uh Instagram that's just my dot ballet dot world I'm not super active there (laughs) but I am there awesome that's great yeah and then your ballerina's by night um on your website and on YouTube as well so people can go there but thank you both so much I know you both have incredibly busy days and I really appreciate you sitting down and speaking with me so I I've really enjoyed meeting you and hope that we can stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth. This was great. I had such a great time talking to Jana and Abby. As soon as we all connected, I felt like we were great friends. They have that effect on people, I think, because they have such an incredible friendship. It just overflows. And what they said was right. Having a community of support or at least a friend who's in ballet with you is so important. Hopefully, as we have these conversations more and more, the adult ballet community will continue to expand and become more diverse so everybody can connect with someone who relates to their own ballet journey. I think Ballerinas by Night has been a big part of starting those conversations when YouTube was just in its infancy back in the early 2010s, and I'm excited to see where things go from here. I'm so grateful that in the midst of an adult ballet intensive for Jana and a big move for Abby, they were able to carve out some time to have this important conversation with me. Speaking of adult ballet intensives, Ballerinas by Night has a list of them on their website. Did you know that? You can check it out at ballerinasbynight.blogspot.com under the Find an Intensive tab. The Find a Studio tab is also a great resource for adult ballet classes all over the U.S., as well as Australia, Canada, and Europe. You can also check out Jana's incredible ballet photography at janacarson.com, and you can catch all of Abby's great online classes on the Ballerinas by Night YouTube page. I'll include links to all of those places in the podcast description. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and sticking with the Adult Ballet Studio for Episode 2. Episode 3 is coming up in October, so I'll talk to you on Tuesday, October 3rd for our third episode. In the meantime, happy dancing and see you at the bar.